Thank you so much for joining us online today at Christ Covenant Church. We hope you sense God's presence and are encouraged by the message. Now, here's Pastor Ryan Weems. If you got a Bible, turn to Daniel chapter 3, starting in verse 14. Daniel chapter 3, verse 14. We're going to read a lot of this story that's all in chapter 3, but also highlight, um, sum up a couple of parts. But we're going to jump right into the thick of the story. Daniel chapter 3, verse 14. And I'm going to read out the NIV. Daniel 3, verse 14. The words will be on the screen behind me and also lower thirds online. Here's what it says, Daniel 3, 14. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, that's a fun word and a fun instrument. I don't have no clue what the zither is. Anybody play the zither? Nobody. Okay, maybe in next service. I don't know what that is. Horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music. If you're ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you don't worship it, you'll be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able. Anybody believe that today, that the God that we serve is able? The God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will. So not only is he able, but he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if, somebody say even if, but even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Hold your place for now. We'll get back to the story here a little later on. But if you're taking notes, I'm calling this message, even if, even if. And honestly, I've been wanting to preach this message way before I knew we were going to do this series. I want to preach this message for years. And I've only been here almost five years. And so I hope it's okay with you. Uh, but today, like most Sundays, I want to preach it like I feel it. Is that okay with anybody? Like, like I want to do that. And, and there's also at the very end of the service, Uh, There's going to be, and we don't always do this, but there's going to be a a powerful moment of worship at the very end of the message, and God's really going to do something special in your life. Before we get to all of that, bow your heads with me. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you so much, and and God, we thank you for your word. We thank you uh, for what this great example is from Daniel chapter 3 of of what it looks like to, to live unshaken in a shaky world. And God, we're, there's so much that we can learn because as we talked about last Sunday, uh, we too are now living in Babylon. We're living in an evil world at an evil time. And, and we're called to, to be different than the world. We're in the world, but not of the world. And so I pray, God, that during this message and the rest of the messages in this series, God, that you would speak to us. I pray, God, that faith and courage would rise up. And I pray that we be the men of God and the women of God that you've called us to be. And God, that we would stand strong for you. Lord, we love you and we thank you for what you've already done in this service and what we believe in faith that you're gonna do throughout the remainder of this service. We give you glory and we give you honor. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Uh, This fiery furnace story is amazing. And I think we all get why it's one of the most famous stories in all 
of the Bible. And really, there's a great cast of characters. There needs to be a movie, a TV show to come out about this. Uh, but starting out, you got this crazy king. And he is power tripping. Maybe he reminds you of your boss, King Nebuchadnezzar. And he has built this 90 foot tall, eight foot wide golden statue for everyone to worship. Now, we don't know this for sure, but a lot of scholars think that it was made in his own image. But regardless, it was some kind of image, 90 feet tall, eight foot wide, and it was gold plated. Now, to help you to picture this size in your mind, I know this helps me, uh, this statue that the king made, it was way larger than the Sam Houston statue off of I-45. We've all seen that many times, right? Um, it was way larger, I think even 30 feet larger than that. So that's what he has made. And the king calls together all the people in Babylon including the young men we talked about last week that were kidnapped from Israel and they had their names changed, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the king has this decree. It is a command. It's not a suggestion. It's a command from him that every time the band starts to play a certain song, everyone had to bow down to this idol. Now, y'all have heard of American Idol, the TV show. This was Babylon Idol, okay? Like, like you had like the OG people, Simon Cow, you know, uh, Randy, Dog Pound, hoo hoo, you know, that kind of deal. Uh, Paula Abdul, I know they got new people now, but still, this was Babylon Isle. And, and, and so I want you to picture this. You got thousands and thousands and thousands of people gathered around. And when the theme song would play, everyone had to bow down to worship this idol. Or as we read, they were thrown into the fire. Now, remember this, because it's easy with these old stories. I think they're just a story. You need to remember that this actually happened. This really went down. This is a true story. And so for these young Hebrew boys, there was a real intense pressure on them. But as the pressure came down, there was courage and faith that rose up out of them. And I'm believing in Jesus' name that there's going to be men and women in this house that even when the pressure comes down on you, there's going to be great courage and faith that rises up out of you. Does anybody believe that with me? I told you I'm going to preach it like I feel it. We'll see if you get involved in this. And there's a lot that we can learn from their story. And really, they're, they're strategic things that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did strategic things that seem easy from the outside but are actually very difficult to live out when you're living in Babylon. And so we can learn from them. These are things that you could put into practice and you can repeat today. And so I've got three things for you and we'll explain them and go through them and then again, we're gonna have that worship moment at the end. But here's the first one if you're taking notes. If we're gonna have courage and faith in Babylon, we need to be very, very intentional, number one, with who we sit with. Who we sit with. Now, I know you're looking who you sat with today, but I'm not talking about in a church building. I'm not talking about the movie theater. I'm talking about in your life, like who you surround yourselves with. It's very, very important. I'm talking about your closest friends. It matters who you sit with. And all of us, we need to pay more careful attention with who we're allowing in to have access to our life, to impact our life. 
Some of y'all are like, well, I just known them forever, pastor, or, or that we got the same blood. I mean, they're my brother, they're my sister, they're my, my cousin. If you're Hispanic, you call everybody your tia or tio, right? That's my uncle, that's my aunt. Like I get all of that, that there's people that you're naturally around, but you should actually be very intentional with who you let in the closest to impact your life. We talk about this all the time with teenagers, but as adults, we think that, no, we can sort through that. No, no, no. You are becoming the average of your five closest friends. And so the things that you don't like that are going on in your life, I can guarantee you that at least a few of your closest friends, that same thing happened or is happening in their life too. And so you've got to be very, very intentional about who is around you, who you are sitting with, especially if you live in Babylon like we do. Now, and this is so interesting to me, but every time we see Shadrach in the book of Daniel, every single time, not just this one, but every time, every time we see Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego are there too. Every single time. By my count, and I went through it, one of their names is listed 13 different times in the book of Daniel, and every single time you see all three names. And so they were like the three amigos, y'all. Anybody know what I'm talking about, three amigos? Like, 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 like maybe that didn't hit you. Like, where, like maybe they, this will help you. They, they, they were like Spock, Kirk, and McCoy. Okay. I, I want to try to do, I can barely do it with my left hand. <laughs> uh, they, they were like the three musketeers, all for one and one for all. I'm trying to hit all the ages with the references today. Uh, here's one more. Not, not many of you will get this, but some of my 90s people will get this. They were like Rocky, Colt, and Tum Tum from Three Ninjas. Nobody. Okay. If you, you just need to look it up. Three Ninjas. Uh, the second one, Three Ninjas Knuckle Up. The third one, Three Ninjas Kick Back. And then they made a fourth one with new kids. And I think Hulk Hogan was in that one. But anyways. <laughs> but they were always together, these three. Again, 13 different times in the book of Daniel, they're all three together. So church, please hear me. Who you do life with, it is probably the biggest decision you will ever make. Bigger than your house decision or what city you live in, uh, bigger than what job or career path. I'm telling you, who you sit with probably matters more than anything else. Who you sit with, it matters. And even going back to last week, it was these three young men plus Daniel that chose to live for God together in an evil world. And so make this personal. You need people in your life. Doesn't need to be everybody. You should have some friendships with unbelievers so you can impact them. Okay, you don't put yourself in a Christian bubble. I'm not saying that. But the people that are closest to you, they should be people that are passionate for Jesus and push you to live passionately for Jesus. I know you both love to golf or you both love to hunt or fish or to shop till you drop. I get all of that. But more important than anything else, they should be on fire for God. And I'll just speak for myself, but for me and my family, my wife, our kids, the greatest relationships we've ever had have always been in the context of the church. And remember, you are the church. The church is not a building. It's not Christ's covenant. You are the church. People are the church. And that's the greatest context where we found people that we can serve with. So staff members and 
elders and volunteers in this church, my wife and I, we are very intentional about building relationships here and is making all the difference in our marriage, in our children, and our calling. And so you need people that are closest to you that stir up that faith and courage in God on the inside of you. So right now, just practically, think about the three closest people in your life. If you're married, your spouse is one of those, whether you'd like to admit it or not, all right? So three closest people. Are they pushing you to be more passionate for Jesus? Or are they doing the opposite? And if they're doing the opposite, still be their friend. It's not you're holier than thou. It's not you excommunicating them, but you need to bring some other people even closer to your life. I'll say it to you this way. If it was important for Jesus, it should be important for you. What do you mean? What do you mean, pastor? Jesus had the 12 and even beyond that in greater numbers, but he also had the three, the inner circle, Peter, James, and I call them little John, but Peter, James, and John. And so he had these three friends that he would always bring in closer to pray for him. Now they fell asleep during those moments, but still to bring them in to help us. You need to reevaluate who you're sitting with, who you're doing life with. I'm telling you, when you live in Babylon like we do, it is critical that you got other people that you can sit with, that you believe the same things, that you're following the one true God. You need it, I need it. Y'all with me, church? It's important who you sit with. Here's a second thing. Not only do you have to get the right people to sit with you, but second, secondly, there are going to be moments, and they're going to happen more and more often because we live in Babylon, but there are going to be moments where you need to stand for something. Number two, to stand for God, to stand for God's ways. As you know, even if you don't agree with what I'm talking about, you still know this, that we live in a world that's trying to get us to bow down and compromise to the world's standards. We live in a world that's trying to tell us to be quiet about things that God is loud about in his word. And so many Christians are scared about getting canceled and nobody's wanting to offend anybody. Can we just hold hands and sing kumbaya, you know? Like so many people are in that mode, but that's not us. Please hear me. There are times when God has called you and I to stand for him. And the truth is, you can write this down. If we don't stand for something, we'll fall for anything. So, so what are you gonna stand for? What are gonna be those moments in your life where you're like, I'm taking a stand and nobody's gonna move me from this place. And again, I believe with all my heart that it's time for us as a church, not just Christ's covenant, but the church at large to take a stand. Now, this story in Daniel chapter three, again, one of the most famous stories in the Bible, even if you didn't grow up in church, you probably even heard a little bit about the fiery furnace. But the story, we celebrate these young men and we should, and we think how awesome it is that they, they would stand for God in a big way. And it is awesome, with that kind of pressure on them. But I don't want you to forget what we talked about last week, that these three young men had already stood before. They had already stood before. Remember that whole food issue, right? In Daniel chapter one, Babylon not only changed their names, but got them to eat food that wasn't kosher with their Jewish faith, food that was maybe even uh, uh, offered up to idols. 
And so they had already stood for God in that issue. Now they did it with respect. They did it with honor to their authority, but they had purpose. We talked about this. They had purposed in their hearts that I'm not gonna do anything personally that goes against God. And they had Babylon, remember this, put it to the test. Why? Because they knew God's ways are better. Did y'all hear that church? God's ways are better than your ways and my ways. His thoughts are higher. And so check this out. They had already learned to stand for God for the smaller things and it helped them with the big thing. And so what are the little things in your life today, this week? They ask no big deal. It is a big deal because the little things add up and they give you greater courage and greater faith to one day stand up in a big way, even when it's all on the line. You start small and then it turns into something big. So again, make this personal. At several points in your life, you will have to make a decision to, to stand for God. And so here's the question. Will you give in to the world and bow down to an idol or will you stand for God? Now, it probably won't be a, a, a 90 foot tall golden statue. I get that. And honestly, it could be one day, the, the place and the ways that things start happening in our country, but it may not be exactly that, but still there'll be things that the world asks you to do that clearly go against God's standards. And right now the Holy Spirit is speaking to you individually. That's how good he is, man. I preach one message. He can preach a hundred different messages. And like, that's just how awesome. So whatever just went in your heart, man, that, that's it. There's a certain way in your life, a certain thing that you're going through or about to come, go through, and that it goes against God's standards, what the world is wanting. And again, you gotta make up your mind. You got a purpose in your heart. Am I going to bow down like everybody else or will I stand for God? Now, as we keep going through this story, I hope you still got Daniel 3 open. I'm gonna sum up a little bit. And now in the story, the king has given them a second chance. That's where we picked up reading in Daniel chapter three. He makes it very obvious what the repercussions are gonna be if these young Hebrew boys don't bow down. And so they refuse, as we read. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were like, we won't bow down. And so you'll read, if you kept on reading, that King Nebuchadnezzar, he gets hot. Like he gets so mad, he is furious that they are not bowing down. Some of you know the story. And so what he does is he has his slaves, his servants, turn up the furnace to seven times hotter than it normally was. I read this this past week, but it was maybe somewhere around 1800 degrees Fahrenheit. It's hot in Houston, y'all, but it ain't that hot, okay? 1800 degrees. And so the king has the heat cranked up has some of his strong guys tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but the fire's so hot that it ends up killing the strong men as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fall into the fire. And I don't know about you, but I think that will preach a little bit right there, okay? Because they are tied up by these strong men and the fire is so hot that it actually kills the strong men as they're tying them up. And here's why I think that will preach a little bit. Because isn't it amazing how that which was meant to kill Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it ended up killing their enemies instead. Y'all with me, church? Let me preach a little bit. 
that which was meant to kill them actually killed their enemies. And that's how awesome God is. And is that not the gospel, by the way? That the devil thought the cross would crush our savior, but it was actually the cross that crushed the devil's head. And so I came here today on mission to preach and speak prophetically over someone's life in the service, that that which the devil meant for harm, God is actually gonna turn it around for good, where the enemy meant to curse you, it's actually gonna become a blessing upon your life. When the enemy thought he could take you out, nah, it's actually going to elevate you to where God wanted you to be all along. Does anybody receive that in faith today? Meant to harm them, ended up killing their enemies. That's how awesome God is. You do, you do what you want to do what you want to me. Ha, ha, have your way. My God, He is a professional of turning bad things around for my good. It's who He is. It's what He does. And I just love these young Hebrew boys. Their faith in God. They're like, and man, it's so good. They're like, I believe my God can save me. Do you believe that today? What you're going through. I believe my God can save me, but they don't stop there. They say, I believe my God will save me. It's one thing that he can, but how many of y'all know it, it's easier to believe he can for someone else than he believing he can for me, right? So I believe he can save me. I believe my God will save me, but here's the key of the whole message in all of chapter three, but even if he doesn't, I'm not bowing down. I believe my God can. I believe my God will but even if he doesn't, I'm not bowing down. You see, here's a real test of courage and faith in God, that when God doesn't behave, how do you behave? When God doesn't behave, how do you behave? I'll say it to you a different way. When God doesn't do what you want him to do for you, will you still stand for him? That even if... God doesn't perform the miracle you want now, that even if he doesn't follow my playbook, that even if it goes differently than I had hoped it would, I will still stand for him. I will still worship him. Why? Because if I die, I actually win because I'll be in paradise with my savior forever. He's already done enough for me. So yeah, I believe my God can, and yeah, I believe my God will, but even if he doesn't, all I do is win no matter what, because my, my God is greater, and this is not the end of my story. Some of you are like, I wish I had that faith. I don't have that even if faith. That can change today as courage and faith rises up from the inside of you. I believe my God can, I believe my God will, but even if he doesn't do it the way I thought he should do it, I believe my God is greater, my God's thoughts are higher, he knows best, daddy knows best, y'all, and I can trust in him. And so you gotta sit with the right people, there's things in your life that you gotta stand for. If you don't stand for anything, you're gonna fall down and bow to everything. But also number three, the last point, you're gonna need courage and faith in Babylon. And there's gonna be some fire that number three, you have to walk through. And this is really who I'm preaching this message to today is people that you are in the middle of walking through the fire, of walking through the flames. Sit with, stand for, walk through. 
So now these young men of God, remember their enemies, these strong men have been killed by that fire, but they have now fallen in to the furnace. And we're gonna pick up, this is the part that we're gonna read. Daniel chapter three, verse 24, if you still got it open, words will be on the screen. These young men of God are in the fire and here's what the word says. Chapter three, verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement. And he asked his advisors, weren't there three guys tied up? I love when the Bible is just so, I mean, it's all good, but there's just certain passages like this. They preach themselves. So good. So good. Weren't there three dudes in there that we tied up and threw in the fire? They replied, certainly your majesty. He said, look, I don't see three guys in there anymore. I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. We'll get to that in a moment. And the fourth looks like the son of God. See, there can be people around you. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit moving right now. There's people in your life trying to take you out, trying to harm you. They don't believe in God, but as they come against you and they see God come through time and time again, even they are gonna start speaking faith because I don't know what it really looks like, but I see that there's something happening. There's a grace on your life, unbound, unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of God. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and he shouted, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, servants of the most high God. Isn't that interesting? The guy who made the idol as high as he could is now saying, no, 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 I'm not that high authority. There is a most high God. Servants of the most high God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they came out of the fire. I'm speaking that prophetically over somebody that today, this week is gonna be your time where you actually walk out of that fire. If you don't want it, let somebody else snatch that word. And the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the royal advisors, it's all the important people are there and they are crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies nor was a hair of their head singed. Y'all, y'all know burnt hair, hair smells real bad, right? And it is real obvious, <laughs> like we don't smell anything. The robes were not scorched, no smell of fire on them. Wow. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him defied the king's commands. Notice this is the king saying this. They trusted in him and defied my command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any God except their own God. Like, come on, somebody, that's good stuff. These boys are thrown in the fire, but they do not die. They walk through the fire Everybody looking at me, they walk through the fire, but they are not alone. And I know there's many of you, you're walking through the fire right now, but let me encourage you, you are not alone. There was another in the fire. There was another in the fire. I'll submit this to you. This isn't in my notes, but, and this is something I get even nervous saying out loud, but it's where we all need to be and it's where I need to be. But if Jesus, and I believe this was Jesus, 
but if Jesus is in the fire, there's actually nowhere else we should want to be. I know that's a deep place and I don't know if I'm even there all the way yet, but if that's where he is, that's where I want to be. So if you're walking through the fire, you are not alone in the fire. I love what we read. They're thrown in, enemies are killed, they tied them up. And what's it say? Not, not a hair was singed, their clothes, their ropes were fine. No smell of even smoke. But what did it say right before that? It said, as they walked through the fire, they were unharmed. What else did it say? And unbound. The only thing that burned up in the fire was the chains. The only thing. God, why am I going through this? Why am I walking through this? It's in those moments when you're with Jesus, the chains, the ropes that your enemy try to put on you, that maybe even put on yourself, that they are burned away. And you can walk out of that fire in freedom better than you were before you even went in. And again, I'm preaching to a few people right now that you're in the middle of a fire, but you need to be reminded again and again, there is another in the fire. So here's how we're gonna end this service today. I've left ample time on purpose. We don't normally end things like this, but, but as Pastor Tony and I were praying and thinking through this, we knew this we, what we had to do. There's a song, maybe you know it, maybe you don't, and that's okay if you don't, because we'll have the words on the screen. But there's a song that was actually birthed out of this Bible story called Another in the Fire. And it's a song that I believe as we lift our voices and as we lift our hands in a moment from now, that there's gonna be breakthrough, That's right. that chains are gonna fall off. Does anybody believe that That's with good. me today? Right. That God's gonna do something special. But it's gonna take you walking through that fire and taking a step. And so here's what I wanna do. I want you to keep this atmosphere. Don't grab stuff, don't look for the exits, but everybody stand to your feet. We're gonna change the light setting as you do it. Everybody stand, everybody stand if you're able to. I know we don't normally do it like this, but who cares? Let's mix it up a little bit and let's encounter the Lord. For those that are walking through a fire, you're like, man, I'm so glad I didn't skip today. I need this. And so here's what we're gonna do. We're not gonna sing the whole song, but we're gonna sing a good amount of it. And again, the words will be on the screen, but I'm gonna encourage you and I'm gonna challenge you that if you normally are hands in the pocket kind of person, you lift up those holy hands to God right now. If you're a person that's like, man, I don't, I don't feel so comfortable, you step out of your comfort zone. This front is called the altar. This is a place where you can come and you can stand for God. Some of you, God is speaking to you right now that you actually need to do a physical step to prepare you for the spiritual step you're going to take. And so you can come down here, you can stand and lift up those hands of the Lord. And I'm telling you, if you will step out, God is with you and he will make a way where there is no way. Come on, Pastor Tony, let's sing this together. The grace when the heart is under Come on, lift your voices, lift your hands. It's a special holy moment. Another way when the walls are closing And when I look at the space between where I used to be and this reckoning, I know I will never be alone. There was another in the fire.
standing next to me there was another in the waters holding back the seas and should I ever need reminded of how I've been set free there is a cross that bears the burden when another died for me there was another in the fire standing your voice Christ covenant he's doing something right now chains are burning off Jesus we're gonna walk through the fire that's where you are come on pastor Tony give it your all come on church give it your all there's another in the fire there'll be another in the fire he's standing next to me there'll be another He's holding back the seas And should I ever need reminded How good you've been to me I'll count the joy in every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be I'll count the joy in every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be God, I pray for my friends right now that are walking through the fire 
God, we believe that you are right there with them. And so we pray right now, God, for your protection upon their life. We pray that there would be no harm. We pray, God, that they wouldn't even smell of smoke because they're right there next to you. And we pray, God, that the chains would fall off in Jesus' mighty name. God, you are there with them. You are for them, not against them. There's another in the fire, and his name is Jesus. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are God. Even the enemies have to take notice because of the grace and the protection and the blessing upon their life. And we pray, God, that what the enemy meant for harm, you would turn around for good. That where the enemy meant to curse them, God, it would actually become a blessing. That where the enemy tried to take them out, it would actually elevate them in their life. God, may you do it. May you do it. We believe it. My God can save me. He is able. And my God will save me. I don't just believe he can do it for somebody else. I believe he can do it in my life. But even if he doesn't, all I do is win because I will be with my Savior for forever. And he's already done enough for me on the cross and washed my sin away. I am now white as snow. Thank you, God, that you are able. Thank you, God, that you will save. But even if, even if it doesn't go like I thought it would, even if, I gotta wait a little bit longer. Even if it happens differently than I had hoped, I am not bowing down to the world. I will stand strong for you. Thank you, God, for what you've done today. We give you glory and we give you honor. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Can somebody make some noise for our Savior, Jesus? Paul, let's sing that again, Pastor Tony. We got time. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Standing next to me, there'll be another in the waters, holding back the seas. And should I ever need reminding, how good you've been to me? I'll count the joy come every battle, because I know that. Joy come every battle Cause I know that I can see a light Come on, I can see a light And I can see the light In the darkness As the darkness bows to Him I can hear the roar In the heavens As the space between where stand And feel the ground Shake beneath us As the prison walls came in And nothing stands between Close your eyes with me all across this place. 
there's anybody underneath the sound of my voice that you have never given your life to Jesus, there's not a better moment than this one. Jesus loves you, you are not alone. Again, he is for you, not against you. It's not a coincidence that you came today, this Sunday, October the 9th. He loves you so much to get you to a place where you can hear about how good he is, how loving he is, how powerful he is. And so in this holy moment, you can surrender your life to him right where you are. Maybe you're at the front, maybe you're at your seat, whether you're standing or not, doesn't really matter. You're in this place and you've got an opportunity to surrender your life to the one true God the one that the enemy thought he was taken out with the cross, but actually it was the cross that God used to crush the devil's head. And it's because of what Jesus has done on the cross that you and I can be forgiven of our sin, that we can be made whole, we can be cleaned up from the inside out. It's not by your works, it's not even by you being here today or watching online, but it's because of who Jesus is and what he's already done that you and I can be forgiven. You can't earn your way to God. God knew that we couldn't get to him, so he came to us. And so in this holy moment, you can surrender your life. Here's how you do it. There's another book in the Bible. It's in the New Testament, it's Romans. In Romans chapter 10, verse nine, it says this, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so it's about belief and confession. And so in this room and online, you can do that right now. You can just whisper to the Lord. He is here in this place. He hears you. And you can whisper this to him. Jesus, I confess that you are God. You are real. And Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross and I believe that you rose from the dead. And so I ask you to forgive me of all my sin, to clean me up from the inside out, to make me new. Say it to him this way. Jesus, I ask you to rescue me. I can't save myself, I couldn't rescue myself. Would you rescue me and pick me up? I give you my life. And from this day forward, God, help me to live for you all the days of my life. God, thank you for those that are saying that prayer for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time as a rededication. We give you glory and we give you honor. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen and amen and amen. Thank you so much for listening today. If you made a decision for Jesus Christ or if your life has been impacted in any way, please send us an email at info at We would love to hear your story. And for those that committed your life to Christ, we want to help you on your new journey by sending our free Start Bible Kit in the mail. If you'd like to partner with us financially, simply click on the Give tab at ChristCove.net. There it will take you to a safe and secure page where you can set up a one-time or recurring gift to help us accomplish our vision, heaven full and hell empty. And as always, you can find out more about Christ Covenant on our website or on Facebook or Instagram at Christ Cove Houston. 